This season of Hack Chat is taken over by women who power cybersecurity. Exciting, or you secure a, a product to a certain point and you keep pushing the boundaries of the threat model. It's not enough to say, I checked all the boxes that are here. I have this certification, I have that degree. Well, so do 50,000 plus other people. I looked at them and it was, uh, it opened the door to a new world. The idea was to build a community around it, to like foster an idea that will outlast me. I say go with your dreams, you know, if you want to do two things, if you want to do three things, if you want to do everything professionally, you might can. You should just try it. Solid experience um, and a background that, you know, when I went back out into industry was, you know, frankly attractive. Welcome to Hack Chat. My name is Marco Figueroa, and today I'm super excited. I worked with this person for two years. And the growth, my growth, was huge. Just com having conversations with this person. And I'm excited to have her here. We got all the questions prepped. Everything is ready. And for me, it is an honor and a privilege to have Maggie Hardegay. Hello, Maggie. Introduce yourself to the Hack Chat listeners. Can you give the listeners your background and how you began your journey in cybersecurity? Hi, Marco. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I am currently a hardware and firmware security researcher for Intel. I work in Intel's PSG team, uh, Programmable Solutions Group. So it was formerly Altera, purchased by Intel. And so I, I hack on FPGAs currently. I've been at Intel for about 10 years now, and I've focused on lower level BIOC firmware platform level things. I, the way I started my career, I studied my undergrad in Mexico. That's where I lived most of my life. And I got an internship at Intel during my last year of university. And it was a funny thing where one day I was an intern and the next day I was a security researcher. And I think that just happens at companies sometimes. And so, bam, one day I'm a security researcher, hacker, and there, there, there's not really like <laughs> corporate training or, or anything. The company just expects you to just do, right? Like that, that just happens sometimes. So I started going to hackathons. And in my first hackathon, I actually met my now husband. He was a security researcher in Intel Israel. I was Intel Mexico. And uh, uh, now, now we're actually a family, which is exciting. And in that hackathon, uh, folks told me, if you're really interested in security and you want to be good, you need to be part of the community and you need to go to a conference. So I decided to go to DEF CON and that was an experience, right? And seeing mm -hmm. that people were hacking cars and elevators or food. And uh, it was, it was a, a, a whole other mind shift. I've found it to be a very creative part of engineering. Uh, I started my undergrad as an electronics major. I loved it. I loved having my 
my soldering iron and I would make even jewelry out of my components. And I, I always loved electronics, but I was kind of not uh, motivated by, by some folks, uh, my, my father included, who said, you can study electronics, but you'll probably end up doing software anyway. Mm -hmm. And maybe that was true like 15 years ago and especially in Mexico. And so I got a little discouraged of why am I working so hard to maybe I'll just do computer science. So I switched to computer science. If I'm going to end up doing computer science, I, I might as well learn it well from, from the beginning. So I switched to computer science, uh, graduated. And, but it's funny how throughout my career, I've really gone back to what I like and my soldering irons and, and uh, hardware. So I, I feel like I found my way back. Yeah. So what made you say, okay, I'm doing this. And now I'm going to go ahead and go all the way in with security research. Well, in, in Mexico, our, our Intel site where, where I started was more of a validation site. I think it currently kind of still is. And I would see these brilliant minds. Uh, my mentor who, who hired me is a postdoc post uh, in robotics and he went to Korea and he's just a brilliant mind. And I would see him doing the same tests generation mm -hmm. after generation. And I kind of had this feeling that some of these minds were not being wasted, but that could do so much more. Um, and I, in the field of security, it was exciting to see how you had to be on the news every day and on Twitter every day. And mm -hmm. every day was something different. And it was a very creative space where in a hackathon, you have to sit and think you know, if your life depended on it, how could you get the password, get in without the password or make this thing never work again because it asks you for a password. <clears throat> Turn off the thermal sensors. It's yeah. such creative space that I found challenging. And I feel like I've also found a calling that I didn't expect in engineering and feeling like there needs to be a balance of, of a researcher's outside of companies and inside of companies trying to be as good as, as, as the outside attackers and trying to proactively defend against the attacks that are going to happen during the lifespan of a product in a short amount of time. I find it uh, both an exciting challenge where I'm learning every day and something that's important for the world. Mm. I remember I was at your talk. I was uh... I'm a huge cheerleader. I, I, I'm fans of everyone. You are. How did how did you feel giving a talk at DEF CON? How did it feel to you? Were you a little that nervous was, like I was? I was so nervous because it was my first ever talk was at DEF CON in front of two and a half thousand people. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, I was super, super nervous. Luckily, the lights are so bright, you can't really see anything or anyone. I could see my, my, my friends and family in the first row, and, and that, was, that was good enough. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was so exciting. And I loved that my first ever talk was me hacking a hairdryer with a walkie-talkie. I just <laughs> loved that that was my first ever talk. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that – go ahead and, and go into that because I know the story – how did how did that happen? What what was going on? You had you had the walkie talkies and you were speaking to someone else and you were getting ready. Go for it. I set that so, up for you. 
Yeah, yeah, it was totally by accident. I was dating my now husband. We lived in neighboring complexes pretty close to each other. And uh, he had the brilliant idea of getting walkie-talkies and we would communicate with them. And uh, so he, we bought walkie-talkies and he got me enough batteries till kingdom come. And I was like, we have unlimited talk and text, but he's like, no, no, this is gonna be great. So I was like, all right. Um, uh, I was getting ready. We were going out, I think to a movie. So I was doing my hair in the bathroom and I thought I heard the radio buzz. So, or somebody talking over the radio. So I went and got the radio. Hello, hello, is anybody there? Nothing. So I go back to the bathroom where I was getting ready and I hit the call button. And when you hit the call button, it just buzzes on the other mm -hmm. side to see if, you know, he would pick up. And when I hit the call button, the little box on my hair dryer buzz like vibrated out of control, exploded, smoked. And I was just like, wait, what? So I went to Target. I got three more hair dryers, did it again. Same thing happened. So I started looking into it and how um, I, I was affecting the, the electromechanical protection of, of, of the hair dryer. And I could do this also on uh, GFCIs on plugs, uh, on sockets for bathrooms and kitchens. I could also do this on AFCIs, arc fault circuit interrupts in for the circuit breaker box in your garage so we could drive by somebody's house and turn off their lights. And uh, <laughs> that kind of evolved from there. Yeah. 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 I mean, going back to DEF CON, it is, it is one of those things in your career when you present at DEF CON, it's almost like a feather in the cap. It, it's, it feels good, especially like my first talk at DEF CON was, was sort of the same. There's like two, 3000 people. We had the main room and I was speaking and I was like, I was talking, but you could hear the nervousness from from my uh, throat. And luckily, I had my brother. He gave me a cup of water, and I was drinking. I was like, all right, let me collect myself. DEFCON 16, you could check it out. And it was it was insane. But, you know, after that, I felt... with the shots, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I did have also my entire family in the front row right mother aunts so it was it was good it was good um you know and was it's, that not a really interesting experience for you sorry to interrupt you. what's that was that not a super interesting experience for you like I remember it was my first talk ever and it was a big venue I I I, I recognize the importance of I get to speak at DEFCON and I've never done anything like this before so yeah. I brought my parents from Mexico and you'd see these middle-aged catholic conservative you know, folks walking through the hallways of DEFCON with like yeah, all, yeah. all the mohawks and the, and my parents were just kind of like, so, so these are your colleagues? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, was, I think for, for me, it was more like it stinks, right? There was like, oh, it's because people don't take showers like that at DEFCON. <laughs> that was a big thing. But I think for me, the biggest moment of my career was presenting at first conference. It was in Puerto Rico, and I had literally every aunt in the front row. And before the talk, my, my talk was, you know, a ransomware, I think, I forget the ransomware I was doing it on, but the first slide was me giving them their flowers. I had their pictures. I was like, just 30 miles from here, these ladies were born. I had the house, the pictures. I had 
the entire room was crying. The entire room. Not only my aunts were bawling, everyone was like tearing and clapping and stuff like that. So that was like the moment for me that I was like, okay, I'm, I, I, that's one of the moments that I would, I'll never forget. But how do you, let me ask you, how do you keep on pushing? How do you push yourself to get to that next level to, to not stop, not stay stagnant? I think that comes with the territory. I feel like there's always a new thing. There's always something, uh, more exciting or you secure a, a product to a certain point and you keep pushing the boundaries of the threat model. The threat model is constantly changing. And I think, I think that's, that's what's exciting about it. And I've always been interested in after, after doing these uh, walkie talkie talks, um, we moved on to analyzing the effects of radio on platforms and how we could make all the sensors go crazy and, or power surge and turn off a machine or, um, we can move the, the, the mouse and do right clicks and weird, weird things. So the, the idea that's back then is where the idea of using the physical properties of a system to attack itself or to change its normal behavior has started appealing to me. And uh, I think that's, that's fascinating. And as long as there's something to gain as long as someone has something to gain by breaking into our systems they're going to continue to do it aka they're always going to continue to do it and the more we put our medical and financial uh information uh on onto these systems the 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 more this type of work will continue so i i think until maybe i get fired i get tired of of fighting because i i believe that security is a cultural problem people have to have awareness and understand and proactively do things uh, to protect themselves and, and be better all the time, which uh, is, is, can be tiring. I think that's where a lot of the burnout comes from of folks trying to do the right thing and, and trying to change mindsets. And um, I, 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 you remember Toby Kohlenberg uh, and until he, he used to say, that uh, security was going and telling people that their babies were ugly. So that it, it can be a hard job to do sometimes. Shout out to Toby. I miss yeah. him. We met through your husband and then we worked together and I'll never forget one day it was coming up with an idea of the project. I had um, written a, a, a summary of what the project was and did a, a, quick brief demo of it and I wanted to create something that I didn't think no one had done at that time right but when I was presenting it to you I never had someone grill me and I don't want to say grill it was like someone that that really knew how to ask questions about a project and I wanted to create something like I said that never existed but when I was presenting this to you, I never had nerves trying to prove to a peer why this project was going to be epic. From that day on, I knew you were someone that I could trust. I could go ahead and you can bring the best out of me with the questions you had. In your mindset, what makes you look at something and ask the question, is this 
project going to be good? Or you know how to ask someone a question so the project can be better. I've never, I never ever had anyone like ask me the questions. And the four years that I was at Intel, that one moment sticks out as one of the best moments that changed me who I am. So kudos to you on that. But, but that is a skill to ask questions like that. How, how, uh, one, how, how do you do that? How do you look at something and say, what about this? But did you think of that? And that's what you did. And I, I, I never forget that feeling that I'm like, but I thought I covered everything and she got it. She's asking these questions that, that are making me rethink things. How, that's a skill. How did you get, how do you get to that point? That's a, that's a skill that you learn over, over time. Well, firstly, thank you for having like the emotional maturity to take it that way, to take it in a growth kind of way, because Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people, when you even challenge them a little bit, they freak out, freeze, think you're fighting them as a human and, you know, never speak to you again. So kudos to you too. Thank you. That's so important. That, that we can just talk as engineers mm-hmm. logically and trying to to do the best thing for for us as researchers, for the team, and for our company and our customers. Um, I don't really go questioning people's projects like for fun. I I unless I actually care about the work, the researcher, and and the, the specific project. So. I grill you because because I I cared about you mm-hmm. <laughs> basically, and um, I not only did I care about you, uh, and, and and part of the reason that I did I, I, I if you remember I was one of the people who interviewed you and uh, yeah. um, vouched and and like wanted you to be hired onto our team I I wanted us to do research together yeah so. Um, uh, and you were, I think, the most senior uh, security researcher in our team at the time. Mm-hmm. So I like it, it. It was important to me that that you were doing something that was in your passion and and valuable to the to the company. So I, you know, asking you questions like, who are your customers? And and I knew that what you were doing was a had never been done before. So valuable and new, something that other companies would pay top dollar for I just uh selfishly I also wanted to mm-hmm. try to align something so that maybe we could work together because we talked about doing talks and things mm-hmm. uh, together but uh yeah I I wanted to make sure that what you were doing was aligned with our team so that you could n- not just achieve what you wanted to because I I knew that you would but grow within the company yeah uh, so, so that they would see the value of it. That so was that the, the that was the biggest thing that I learned from it, though. When when you said who's your customer, right? And I had to take a step back, and I was like, the world. And, and you're like, you know, and in my mind, I'm like, the world needs this, right? And it was like something that was so new. And you're like, but but check this out. That's not your customer. Your customer is the people that are the stakeholders of, of our team, which allowed me, like you reeled me in. And I was like, I was, I I was trying to figure out a way for that value 
to add value to the people who, you know, who you're supposed to be adding value to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was, I, I was more like doing this, like, oh man. And then the things you were saying and how to bring value to these different things allowed me to like, all right, come back. Let me rethink stuff. And I did, I did. I rethink the whole project and how does it go into our ecosystem and help everything in, in our ecosystem. Right. And, and those are growth moments. Those are career growth moments that allow me to say, okay, let me walk away. And this is the value add. And, and I knew, you know, I wanted you on, on, hack chat because of this one thing because a lot of people like you say would be like no I'm never speaking to her and we'll get an attitude and for for me it's always been like all right I know that person cares about me so I want to grow how do I take this and how do I interpret it where it benefits me by listening and taking what they're saying and and implementing it and I till this day when I, someone lets me know something that like, Hey, this could have been better. I'm I, my ears perk. Like explain to me how, cause I want it to get better. I know you're coming from a good place. Right. And, and that conversation helped me. How do, and that, that to me was more of a mentor type thing during that time, because I was moving over into the firmware land where I was a rookie. I was, I was lost for a while. For around three or four months, I was like trying to figure out and get my footing. Luckily, I had mentors like you, Vincent Zimmer, you know, I had Brian. So do you do you mentor people now? Yes, I think it's 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 important. And a lot of times it isn't like formal mentoring uh, the way like someone reaches out to you and asks you, will you be my mentor? Sometimes it's just uh keeping an eye out on, uh, especially women. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I see them struggle with a few things. So I make sure to, to have a, a weekly or biweekly meeting with them to check in on them, see how they're doing, give them advice. Um, uh, yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's important to always pay it forward and, and try to strengthen others. You know, after that conversation we had in the, in that room, you know, I knew, you were a rock star before, but that just, you put, you went to another level, like just the next level. What do you feel is the next frontier for like firmware security? Because you're, you're doing big things. So what is, what is that next level for, or, or the lane where you see firmware going? Where I hope to see it going is, a lot more visibility into what's happening, more, more, more signals to, to the end user even of things that could potentially be going wrong or did, did something happen, uh, detection and visibility into the lower levels of platforms is where I hope things mm. go. You do a lot of deep work, right? How do you focus? How do you dive deep into your day-to-day and what actions do you take in terms of your atmosphere, you know, as headphones to prep your mind for that deep work? Because one of the things that I know 
because I was I was doing this, I had to like really lock in and understand, you know, UEFI when I first moved over, and I was like, I'm learning something. I I thought I I thought I was like good, and I'm like I don't I know nothing, and it took me a while to do it, but it 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 took me time. I had to go deep into like deep work. How do you get there? How do you put your mindset? Is it, and like I said, music, atmosphere, what is it? That's an awesome question. I wish more people asked those kinds of questions because it's so important. I believe I have ADHD. I made an mm-hmm. appointment at an attention clinic, but it's it's hard. It's hard to go through millions of lines of code and thousands of pages of specifications yes. and yes. uh and, and make sense of it all and, and and do that again and again and again all day, uh, especially being uh, working from home with the pandemic. I, I've, I've been really grateful for different aspects of the pandemic, although like I absolutely recognize how devastating it's been mm-hmm. for, for people emotionally, physically, financially, et cetera. But I appreciate the time that we have to kind of regroup. I have started doing meditation every day in the morning, first thing in the morning, after which I do journaling. So like all the, the things that could probably distract me during the day and get them out. I Do you use that app? Do you use an app to... The Calm app? No. I just No, an I app just, in general, you just go ahead and do it? No. Mm, that's what's up. How long do you uh, meditate? 15 minutes at least uh, and then journaling for at least 15 minutes and then I, uh, I have my little routine to make sure that I'm eating often and eating rounded or well-balanced diets that have protein fat and carbs each one of them I think that really helps the ADHD brain I also saw this TikTok that like really was has freed me and made me feel like I can do many more things because I usually feel like, ah, the day's over. Mm -hmm. I could only do half of a thing. So I wasn't super uh, productive today. But what she did was have this visual timer. Have you seen those? It's like a Mm -hmm. clock and you mark like 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and it just starts, it, it dings at the end. And what she would do was her kitchen was a mess. She would do 15 minutes and start cleaning the kitchen. And at the end of it, it wasn't perfect but it was really good compared to the beginning. Mm. So I'll, I've started to do that. I'm doing email for 15 minutes and then I'm going to read the spec for 25 minutes. And so that way I mm. feel like I can get a lot done. If I just tell myself, don't focus on anything else, laser focus on this one task for this amount of time. And then I, I get, I found that I can get a lot more done and uh, also to so- make sure to have conversations about the things that I read with mm-hmm. people who are experts so mm. that things that may have been lost in the cracks or that I maybe skimmed over that, that are actually important. Someone else will speaking and point, point them out to me in a way that's more consumable and that will actually stay. Mm. Yeah. So we're going to peel back these layers real quick because I, <laughs> I also do the Pomodoro technique, right? But I don't do it for the kitchen stuff and stuff like that. I used to, what I did was time myself. Like if I had to clean uh, the yard, 
I would time myself the first time. And then however long it took, I would always have that and, and count backwards when I had to do it again. Now you only have 15 minutes to clean this. It better it, The yard has to be clean, but let's go back, right? Let's go. Let's go when you start your day, because this is important. This is productivity for the people that are watching. And I love for me, I'm a productivity junkie. So when it comes to meditation, I do meditate as well. I use Muse. It's like this headband thing you put on and I like it because it's, it's like a, to me, it's a game. Can I concentrate and focus and hear the birdies chirp? That means you're in the calm state. And when it's raining very hard, that means you're not in the calm state. You're thinking you, you got to lock in and dial in. So I love doing that. I do that for 10 to 15 minutes. I do journal, but it's more a to-do list. And I don't, I, I prioritize it from A to, to D, depending on my list. And I don't do B until A is done, period. And then I do the Pomodoro technique, where it's 25 minutes on, you know, five minutes off, depending on how locked in I am. But the key thing is to me, music, scent, and headphones. The headphones are, are critical. I don't put anything in my ear because it itches it, but I have these that has velour pads. So I, my ears don't sweat. So all of those things, those are my like go-to things. But I think I'm going to start doing what you just said, where the kitchen's like, do you have the timer? It's right there. Yeah. Go to- get it. Go get it. I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy a timer today. I am going to, yeah. So it beeps no, like okay. that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but you just said, and it's Oofa. visual. So you can, yeah, it has a magnet so you can put mm. it on your fridge or just uh, prop it up on a table somewhere. Yes. And so there you go. 15 minutes. Look at your email. What's but the name of that? I am going to buy it today. I'll, uh, did I'll you get that at Target? No, Amazon. I'll, Amazon? I'll send you the link. Yes, but, please. Uh, I think it's six. I love the color. There's a bunch. There, there's a bunch of colors. I, I don't like red. I find it intimidating. Yeah. Most of these blue. are red. So Earth I got a, tone. a blue one. And uh, yeah, because I could go on answering emails all day long. Mm-hmm. So if I tell myself, you can, but you can only do it this amount of time, mm-hmm. then I get to the most important ones and tomorrow will be another day. Oof. Yeah. Uh, that guys, please, everyone who's out there, th- this is a key moment right here. This is big. This is productivity at its best. And I love that. I only check my emails once a day and it's in the morning, right? More, I'm more now going on to Slack and I try to limit that as well. But you know, one of the things, and the reason why I ask you this is because what people don't know, these spec documents are no joke. They're no joke. Like I needed a tutorial how to like figure out to look for certain things. Like my mind going through these spec documents and understanding stuff is, it's hard to wrap my head around sometimes. How do you, how do you do that? I, I know you said you use a 25 minute timer, but is that enough to, to look at a read a spec doc? Because those, they're monsters. They're monsters. But for example, right now I'm working through a really important one and a really big one. 
but I can't be folk. I can't do it for three hours straight. Mm -hmm. I can't do it for two hours straight. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I need to break it up. I could do it maybe twice a day or three times a day if I do it in 20 minute intervals. Mm -hmm. And then I know that I'm actually paying attention and it's, it's actually registering. Otherwise Mm -hmm. I just, uh, (laughs) I I saw this meme somewhere where it was like, blah, blah, blah. Wait, I forgot to understand, like you, you can actually read without things registering Mm -hmm. if if that makes sense. So I've I've found myself that my, my attention span is not all that super long. That is my next question. Because how do you take notes? These, these are in-depth documents, right? These are, these are, I'm talking about some of these PDFs are a thousand pages and you're looking for specific things and you really got to learn like what they are. Like, like to me, it's, it's hard to wrap. If, if you're not, if you don't work at Intel, you kind of don't understand. It's like, think of 500 PDFs and you're looking for a certain thing and then you got to search and then there's, you open up a PDF and there's a thousand pages and then you got to look through things. How do you and they reference each other? Yeah, it, it is like different people. There's different versions of the documents that are, have say different things. Shout out. I know Nathan's watching this and shout out to him because he gave me a tutorial on how to do this. So, you know, shout out to him, but how do you do it? What like, you have to comprehend this because you're trying to learn how this thing works. How do you, how do you do that? How do you, do you take notes? Is it, you use notion? What is your technique on this? This is, this fascinates me because I'm, I'm a life learner and learning your technique, which you just gave me a key. And I want to know more. How do, how do you take, what, what do you do? You take notes. I have a complex tab system on OneNote, where I have different notebooks for different mm. things, with mm. different tabs and different, uh, I even do minutes that way. So for a specific topic, okay, we're going in the context of this project. And this are all the meeting minutes that we've had for it, uh, for all the different dates. And um, I take little screenshots of things that I think are important, or even copy from email, and say who said it, on what date. So this architect told me this day that it works this way. Mm-hmm. And then this spec, this version of the spec says something different. Go ask same per- like just having a record of, 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 uh, I guess my little summary mm-hmm. notes so I can visualize things. Sometimes I'll even, if, if we're having a, a meeting, I'll do a, screenshot of the whiteboard and put that in my one note. Um, but yeah, one note, yeah. <laughs> not, not, not very complex. So one of the things that I did while I was working on the team that we were on was take a speed reading course because it was that much of reading and understanding that you have to do. I mean, I've never read as much as I read while working on this team. So I was like, I need to read this and I need to read it fast. So I, I registered for Jim quick and it raised my reading. And now I'm like, when you are reading dry documentation, it is very tough. You know, you could read a, a reverse engineering book and, and it's so fresh cause you're engaged when you're reading about some of these specs, you're like, huh, why did they name it this? And the acronym and stuff like that. And, and it's, it's, it's difficult to get into it. 
right? One of one of the things that I did, an example was I read the first month I was on the team, I read Vincent Zimmer's book from cover to cover with notes and everything. Uh-huh. And it was very difficult. But luckily I had Vincent that worked in the same org. So I got to ask him questions and stuff like that. So I, I get where you're going with it. Let me ask you, you know, you are lucky enough to have your partner, your life partner, working in the same field as you. How is it at home working on cool projects together? What, what does that look like day to day? If you don't mind me asking, and I, I, we're talking the tech side, not the relationship. We're talking about when you're co-presenting and, and hey, this is a cool project. Who comes? Do you guys collaborate, figure out what's the next thing that you want to collaborate on? It's very exciting. And it's I, I consider myself lucky that we can do that, that we can complain about certain things. Like, why does this work <laughs> this way? And uh, ha- like, if we have a business trip and one of us is accepted at a conference, the other one can maybe uh, figure out something useful, even if it's just attending, uh, because we're in we're in the same space. Um, so it, it, it drives for a lot of fun conversation. Uh, we just recently both volunteered to review Zeno's new uh, assembly uh, class, uh, the architecture 101. Mm-hmm. A thing that he's doing so we, we get to do things together we've presented together we've done research together we, we get to brainstorm and, and think of things we could do i i i really appreciate it i, I consider myself lucky yes awesome we're gonna have him on hack chat don't worry about that you get to meet the other side of the power couple so intel is an amazing company you said you've been there for 10 years now you know what are some of those benefits what you know i know one of the greatest things I've, I've, I love, and I've been a part of while at being at Intel is working with like some of the smartest people in the world, right? What are, what are some of those benefits for for you? And, and, you know, you're climbing up the ranks at Intel. Yeah. I, I love that I get to work with like to me, living legends and the people who designed Mm. platforms as they work today. So that's that's one of the things as a hardware person that I really appreciate that it's it's the people who designed our platforms on the way and, and, and Intel being Intel uh, these platforms are uh, represent 90 or a very significant percent of the platforms in the world so we're at a very advantageous place if you want to do hardware and if, if you're looking for a job in hardware security Send me, send me your CV. We're, we're currently looking for folks. Nice. It's, it's an exciting, it's an exciting company to work for. for yeah. Sure. What research are you working for? If you could tell and, and going maybe to present in the future at DEF CON, Black Hat or, or another conference of, of your choice. So because I switched paradigms a little bit and now I'm focused on FPGA and I've been part of this team for all of six months or something. I don't consider myself a, an authority or an expert by any means, or at least not yet. But what I've been working on mostly is threat modeling. Mm. We, um, I, I want to do a holistic view of all of our security features, all of our um, 
all, all of our assets and, and our future features to see if, if we could enhance uh, specific things and, and, and how we're doing. And I, I always think that the best place to start is a threat model. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. know exactly what you're protecting, what you're protecting against, what you're not protecting against, uh, who the, who your adversary is, what skills they have, how much access to the system they mm-hmm. have. If you understand that, then you can build a really good pen test plan or uh, you can, you can, you have a good blueprint to try to circumvent existing mitigations to actually uh, break your security objectives and get to your assets. Mm. So that's, that's been a lot of what I've been doing. And uh, in the future, I'm hoping to become a more badass hardware security researcher who does more, um, more fun things with more fun tools. And so hopefully more of that in the future. Awesome. How do you approach something like, hey, this, I want to go ahead and target this specific thing because I think, you know, this has maybe low hanging fruit that I could, you know, take that and springboard into something else. Cool. What is your mindset and and how do you approach something new? I think, honestly, in kind of the same way that you did back then saying no one's no one's done this before why not? Let's go poke here. I bet not a lot of people have looked here. So, so things that, that, that are new, uh, I, I think are a good target. I'm sorry if there's noise outside our, no, it's here. all right. It's good. It seems like it just arrived. No worry. Um, um, yeah. So, so, so things that are, that are new are exciting and things, um, especially recently I joined the black hat uh, review board and I've, I've always found it important to kind of be in the loop of what's happening in the industry, but mm-hmm. more so now I feel that um, responsibility and, and honestly knowing what researchers are doing out there, what type of work that they're doing and comparing that to the, the validation that's happening inside the company and saying, okay, we probably should be looking a little more in these spaces because um, there are open source off the shelf uh, pro, uh, tools that mm-hmm. could be used to do these things. So if we're not doing it, someone else out there will for sure. So nice. yeah. How do you know when you're going down a rabbit hole that it's the right target and also when do you say to yourself, okay, I've gone for enough. This is, this is enough. I'm going to switch gears and, and, and look at something else. I'm not sure if you always know if something was worth it or not. I think that's part of the challenge in the mindset of a security team, especially when you work for, for an organization that has historically been more QA, more validation to say, I spent a year working on a tool to try to do X and I failed, um, that could be a good thing. That could be, we spent resources on a threat that was unexplored and realized that our system is robust. And that could be like, no result is is sometimes a good result. Um, And that's, that's hard sometimes for management and uh, folks to, to wrap their head around. So I'm, I'm not always sure that we know if a, if a target was worthy or good enough. 
Um, I think, yeah, using, not, not necessarily aligning to what researchers are doing externally, but um, your gut, using your gut. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, if, if this type of attack has worked for, for, for these types of projects, it might actually work for this one too, uh, to, to let, I think letting your researchers, and this was something Rodrigo uh, was, was very good at. And, and he presented, I believe that uh, was it hack in the box? Um, his presentation on how to build security teams um, of, of hiring talented researchers and then letting them do what they're passionate about and what, what they think they should be doing. So I, I appreciate working for a team that, that gives us the freedom to, to find interesting targets and, and work towards them. So I think if you find it interesting, um, I think it's, it's worth exploring. Nice. Where do you see yourself in five years? I hope to be uh, a lot more of a hardware security uh, researcher badass, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I said this before. I see you as a team leader. You, you know, a big dog. You have just, like I said, the mindset, the hunger, pushing forward, pushing the envelope. And, you know, I it was a pleasure you coming on as well as, you know, you taking your time out and, and just having a, a genuine conversation. Any last words for the hack chat listeners out there? Hack the planet. Thank you, yes. thank you so much for, for having me stay. Um, I think one of the, the biggest uh, goals of my career is to not become bitter, to always be excited for mm. my job and to, start my day as excited and happy as I finish it. So yeah, hold on to your enthusiasm and your curiosity. It'll, it'll serve you well. Mm. Awesome. Thank you, Maggie so much. And I can't wait until everyone sees this. This is a game changer. Thank you, everyone. Take care until next time. Good one. Thank Bye. you.